You know, we know that we have a recruiting crisis in this country when it comes to uh, law enforcement. And we kind of keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting um, different people to come to the profession. And clearly that's not working, especially in the anti-police atmosphere that we're seeing in some areas of the country. So I thought that you needed to meet somebody who's trying to do something different when it comes to the recruiting of police officers. And I think he has an outstanding idea. Doug Larson, welcome to the show. Thank you. So Doug, talk about, well, first of all, I want people to know you're uh, like me, you're a retired police officer. And uh, uh, just tell people, where did you work? And, and uh, you know, a little bit of what you did on the job. You know, I know you worked in Utah. What kind of things did you do? What kind of an agency did you work for? Yeah, I, I started my career out with a, a small city uh, and worked there for a number of years. And then I transitioned over to the state with the Department of Public Safety, where I primarily worked in the academy. And I mainly ran the emergency vehicle operations program for the state for close to 15 years. And, and then I've also been involved in driver simulation. So it's got me to reach out to agencies all across the world, really. So I, I've had a, a broad reach and exposure to a number of different agencies and so you taught people like me how to drive fast i love that <laughs> drive safe <laughs> <laughs> drive fast to save i love that and so you got to see police recruits at the very very beginning of their career didn't you Exactly. I, I got to see recruits. I've got to talk to agencies all across the state and understand what their struggles were and, and how they were finding the recruits and even competing with the, each other for officers. Right. And now here we are. Now, I don't know how it was when you started. When I started, um, there were four uh, openings for my police department, and there was about a thousand of us who came and took that first police test. And then we went through the process of, you know, the application, psychological testing, physical testing, an oral interview, you know, every police department in this nation is a little bit different. And, uh, you know, back in the day, if you will, that process could take up to six months. Now, what, first of all, tell me what's wrong with that. Well, when you're in a competitive landscape like we are now for candidates, if your process is not efficient and takes too long, you may lose that person to another department or another industry because if they have a firm, hard offer that's going to bring them on board and they're waiting for you on a maybe, which place are they going to choose? They're going to choose the job that is there and in hand and they can start. It's the known. And sure, we need to be more efficient. Those days of more qualified candidates showing up for a job than we have job openings, they're gone and they've been gone for a long time. So explain to folks, Doug, what happens when we do offer that hiring process to a young police, you know, young police, potential police recruit. And, and we do hire them, people think, okay, well, let's see, we hired 10 new police officers. 
tomorrow they're going to go out and uh, and staff a patrol vehicle, right? Can you explain to people in reality what the process is? Well, there, there's a vetting process that law enforcement has just to get your, your background approved. I mean, it's looked at quite thoroughly and you can be disqualified for that. And, and unfortunately, that's what a lot of agencies are running up across now when they do get applications. They're washing out early on in the process and not making it through the academy. And once you get through the academy, you, you go through that training program, depending on the state, it determines how long that is. And, and from there, you go into a field training program before you are out on your own. And so it's quite a lengthy process. And some agencies can get you from initial contact to hired a lot quicker than others. And I would suggest that law enforcement really needs to take a look at this and streamline that process. So what is it that your company believes that law enforcement needs to do differently? Well, safeguard recruiting was kind of born out of more of a need. We we started off in a tougher industry to recruit in, and that's trucking industry, where they have over 100% turnover, driver shortage is growing daily. And those drivers aren't tied like departments, maybe to a pension that maybe keeps you staying in your same department, they can move around company to company. And we learned a lot from that, how to successfully recruit what one company does to onboard people and the other maybe struggles with. So there's some best practices that can apply from other industries. And we learned that. And the reason we came over to law enforcement is we kept getting asked by agencies to take a look at, hey, we are spending money with a marketing firm. Can you look at our results? Because maybe they aren't what we wanted them to be. And why is that? And so when we started looking into it, we saw, hey, yeah, departments are doing a much better job of trying to reach out to people, but are they spending their money in the right places and, and getting you know, the more efficient use of their money? And from there, we kind of, Safeguard was born. One, we want to help educate departments and keep them current because recruiting is, it, it's a strategy. It's a skill. It takes a lot of effort and it takes knowledge in today's recruiting environment. It's very competitive and people work at this. This is their full-time job. So we can't expect agencies to all have this specialty, especially chiefs and sheriffs don't have the time and they don't have the specialty. Um, we've been around law enforcement. You probably can't name anybody that went through the academy, hired on with an agency because they wanted to be their department recruiter. Um, so a, a lot of these people, that position will rotate through and do they get the time to develop the skill set and be current and keep up with what platforms are going to be best for your department to have their spend on and, and their outreach. So that's why we got involved. There's more, we, we kept getting asked when contacts in law enforcement knew what we were doing on the the trucking side and wanted to know if we could help make their um, their efforts more efficient. So a couple of things I want uh, people to know, and then I want you to talk about how you deal with this, is that uh, first of all, most police departments in the United States are less than 10 officers. So, you know, everybody thinks Chicago PD, NYPD, LAPD, those are, those are uh, not the norm. So most departments tend to be a lot smaller than those giant cities. 
Um, also, every state has different requirements for the police academy. And then many states have different police academies depending on you know, whether you're a, a city, a state, a local police officer. Um, most states, I believe, um, have a minimum age of 21, um, but not, uh, not all. And so, you know, we're talking, there's some age situations. Not everybody has a college education requirement. There are just so many differentials. How do you propose that we deal with all of that? Yeah, you, you brought up some great points. And one thing we've seen with less people getting into law enforcement is the higher paying departments, the ones that have better compensation packages, they're able to keep their staffing levels up, but they're doing it by taking it from the smaller agencies. And that's not fixing the problem, that's spreading the problem around. So you're exactly right. We have to have solutions for the smaller departments that don't have maybe the budget to compete and, and to get the same outreach as the larger departments do. And we're, we're trying to help in that regard with some education on what you can do and the ways you can get um, targeted approaches in, in your digital marketing campaigns to find those people that are fit the profile that, that want to be an officer. But you're exactly right. It's hard for people to move around state to state. You really got to do some research, see if your academy that you certified through is accepted in another state or another department. And that creates some challenges for us in getting enough people in this field. Now, how do you identify and then start really recruiting, reaching out to people who you think might um, want a career in law enforcement. We build customized profiles to go out on social media platforms. So that will target people that fit the same profile of those that are in law enforcement. And that creates a, a greater success. There, there's a big difference here. You can, you can spend money and drive traffic to your website. People can click on your, your recruiting website. That's not going to hire you people. We need to go drill down and we need to go in and target the folks that have that same type of profile. And that's what we do. And that's where our success is coming from and finding those people. And then we, we have access to the database with a million plus names in it that are either in law enforcement, want to be involved in law enforcement, have some sort of a touch in law enforcement. So it gives us a pretty big reach to get candidates that are interested. Now, um, law enforcement sometimes has the reputation of being a bunch of really big white guys who want to go out and, you know, mix it up with people and all that. Um, now we know that's not the reality, but what do you guys do to recruit more women, more minorities to this profession? And that's exactly right. So part of this is we need to know the demographics of the area, what the agency is looking for. But you're right. We can go through and we can still target those people. And in, in a digital campaign, it's a lot easier to target people of different gender or race, whatever you're looking for. And, and that's part of that customized platform that we go out and we, we try and reach these people, get them interested in it. And 
get them to make contact with the agency. So Doug, in officer survival training, we have been talking for decades about treating police officers um, more like high level athletes. That's kind of what you guys are doing on the front end of this situation, right? Not, not necessarily high level athletes, but you're looking for high level candidates, right? Do you build, do you build in depending on who your client is requirements for whether it's fitness or education, things like that? Yeah. And that's part of making an efficient hiring process is if we can filter out people that don't meet this department's requirements, then we want to do that up front before the names get passed on to the department. And we can we can filter those right away if, if you don't meet those qualifications. But the other part of that is educating you. What do I need to do to pass the written test, the, the physical test? What are the requirements to get into this department? And people need to know those up front so we aren't wasting anybody's time that you aren't going to be qualified for this opening. Now, as we talked about earlier, these a process for any given police department used to take months and months and months, and then you were put on a list that lasted for three years. Um, what is a current process, uh, you know, an average police process that you guys want to see? What does that process look like from the time I fill out an application to the time I get hired onto that agency? This is one thing we want departments to really take a look at. Is your recruiting strategy current? And I talked to a chief about a week ago. He had an acquaintance that put in, applied an inquiry into his department for employment. And this chief was disappointed because a week later, nobody from his department had reached out and contacted this person. And we can't do that. This is a very competitive environment. If you have somebody interested, we need to reach out to them right away. And, and that's one thing we do is immediately after you submit that contact form, you're being contacted back saying, hey, thank you for submitting. You'll be getting a call from this number and, and follow up. People want information right away. You can't leave them sitting for a week wondering if they're going to, if, if you're going to reciprocate the interest in your department. And, and that's where I think law enforcement needs to really start adapting. We need to jump on this. We need to nurture these leads the whole, the whole way through. And that's one thing we're doing at Safeguard, and we can help departments with that. The initial contact until they're ready to go with the department, we can help with those processes and keep these people interested, keep them educated. And that way, if you have somebody that wants to apply for your department, they're not going to keep applying to other places because they know you're interested. They know they're in the process. And if we can make the process more efficient to get them hired and not wait them six months or up to three years, they're not going to be around, especially with the generations we're, we're dealing with now, right? There's a difference in work-life balance and there's a difference in commitment. And we've got to adjust to that they may come into law enforcement and they don't intend to put a 30-year career in. They intend to put a five years. And we, we need to know that. We need to understand how everybody wants to be communicated with. You know, and I, I, you make such a good point because I think when I was on my own police department's recruitment team, there were so many people who wanted to get on the job um, that we kind of had the attitude of, well, okay, kid, you applied. And uh, we'll let you know 
and uh, and and that that is just not this atmosphere anymore, and it's certainly not uh, this generation that uh, that people are applying for. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. How big of a um, how big of a factor is social media um, in the process that you're talking about? It's a very big factor. And the difficulty with social media is they're constantly changing their rules. So you got to be able to keep on top of that or you will be ineffective. But the different platforms are effective in different age groups and your messaging's got to be right. And it's that's that's the best thing about the digital marketing plan is it doesn't work eight hours a day. You can make it work 24 hours a day for you. And you constantly are out there and you're targeting people. Instead of putting your website up, maybe putting an ad out and hoping somebody finds it. No, we are taking your opening, your qualifications, and we are finding the person. So we're taking it to them. And that's where you're going to be more successful. And then if on the back end, if we can get law enforcement to adjust and contact right away and understand, hey, we are no longer the ones that can can wait, make you wait. No, we, we need to be right on board. We need to give you information and we need to determine quickly whether this is going to work for both sides. So we're not wasting our time. And departments don't have those extra resources. So we really need to streamline and make these processes more efficient. And we can do that electronically. We can, there's a lot that can just be done for you. It's so very powerful. Absolutely. Doug, do you think this current anti-police atmosphere, there's no other way to say it, um, the anti-police rhetoric that we're hearing from, you know, whether it's some of the media, uh, politicians, activists, is that negatively impacting police recruiting? It's definitely negatively impacting police recruiting. You look at the last couple of years have been very tough on law enforcement. And the first problem we got is retirements went up drastically. So we lost a lot of highly trained officers are gone and they don't want to be in this profession anymore because of some of the things that have happened. And resignations went up greatly. People that didn't make it to retirement and then the number of applicants have gone down. And this is not a bad profession. This is a great profession. Many great men and women in it, and they're highly trained, and they, they want to look out for their communities, and they do a great job of it. Now, do some of your clients, some of the agencies that you work with, um, are they getting questions from potential uh, candidates, you know, that, you know, I, gee, I don't want to get shot. I don't want to go to go to prison for doing something wrong. Um, I don't know if policing is a good profession anymore. Things like that. Are you hearing what, what are you hearing about that? Yeah. People are always going to have questions, right? It's, there's some risk being in law enforcement and that's changed even over the last couple of years. Uh, you certainly don't want to make a mistake because you do make national or worldwide news and, but I come from a training background in law enforcement. I believe in training and highly trained people. They have tough situations out there, but I, I really think they make the best call they can in most of those situations. And 
what we want to do is we want to even reach out further. We want to make um, mentoring programs, right? If we can reach people at younger ages, even though they're not 21, even in high schools and colleges until they're ready. But if we can get mentoring programs to educate them on, hey, this is what the job is. This is what the benefits of the job are. And this is what you need to do. You got to keep your background clean. You need to get prepared in these ways. That's what we want to do. And we want to get people more prepared to be able to pass the written tests and to get into a department or get into an academy. And that can all be done in, with a mentoring program that reaches out. I think we need to do that. We need to study what other industries are doing and bring those practices into law enforcement. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Let's just adapt to it. And then law enforcement has got to adapt too, right? We are used to keeping things internal and there's nothing wrong with reaching out and asking for help and specialized training and recruiting is going to have to be a part of that budgeting process. That is so well said. And I'm so excited about what you're doing. Where can people find, uh, find out more information about what you guys are doing and how can they contact you? Uh, we're at safeguardrecruiting.com and we're on social media platforms also. And if you, if you want to look out through our website or our social media platforms and reach out to us, we're glad to help. And even if we just need to help with some information on how to make your recruiting efforts more efficient, I mean, we want to give back to law enforcement. That's where we're from. We're founded by law enforcement and we, we like the profession. That is so fantastic. Doug, thanks so much for spending time with us today. And if you would like more information about the National Police Association, visit us at nationalpolice.org. Put the gun down! Last year, law enforcement officers were involved in hundreds of thousands of use of force incidents. A use of force incident is when an officer must use nonverbal tactics to gain control of a dangerous situation. Put the knife on the ground. In many cases, officers have no choice but to use force when a suspect doesn't comply with a lawful order. Use of force is always ugly. No one likes it, especially police officers. Together, we can help de-escalate these dangerous encounters. Help police officers by complying with their lawful orders. Don't attack, attempt to disarm, or flee from an officer. Use of force is an officer's last option. Most incidents can be avoided by not resisting arrest. If you feel you've been wrongfully detained by a police officer, then seek a legal solution after the encounter has been resolved. Let's keep everyone safe. Comply now and complain later.